What's up, guys? Welcome into our second episode uh, of our new off-season spinoff project, uh, Fourth and Wrong. We are going to be doing a daily podcast, in case you missed the announcement, uh, every single day in the off-season. It's going to be about 5 to 15 minutes long. Um, it'll be over one topic, and then we'll answer one question from a mailbag as well. We'll talk about whatever the headlines are, um, any deep dives, any submissions you guys want to talk about. We will do this every single day um, in a quick mini college ball podcast, uh, in addition to the normal podcast as well. I know a lot of you are rolling your eyes um, knowing full well that I'm not going to, I'm going to miss a day in like two weeks for sure. But as of right now, we're on a hot streak two days in a row. Um, so it is a daily podcast still. Uh, the topic for today uh, that was submitted to us um, actually is from our guest last night, Bud Elliott. We started talking about the Bill Connolly SP Plus uh, returning production rankings. That's a mouthful. Um, so today's topic is going to be, if you're watching, hopefully it'll be a little bit easier to follow along with some visuals. But uh, Bill Connolly from ESPN, the writer who has carved out a very niche um, little, little spot for himself in, in like the media, uh, where he comes up with just tons and tons of, of, of analytics and um, formulas and, and weighted different, uh, what do you call it, calculations on whether it's efficiencies, returning production, blah, blah, blah. The best part about it is it's not FPI. He's like the actually only person at ESPN numbers-wise that has like respect uh, from like the outside world. That being said, it's a lot to break down. We're going to get into it. Uh, he brought out his initial 2024 returning production rankings, um, that answer who has the most returning talent, who got the most returning production from the transfer portal, um, and who is starting from scratch. And we will look at the teams that jumped out, where every, every single SEC school is, um, and then also his predictions for the teams that should be more improved or regress in this season. Now, first and foremost, so, so it is a – if you're a nerd like me, you love this because um, it's just numbers galore. He ranked 1 through 30 – or 1 through 134 – um, for returning production, he has a uh, overall ranking, has an offensive ranking for returning offensive production, and one for defense as well. Um, and like I said, he released it today. It's 134 teams now because Kennesaw State, uh, the Owls, have joined FBS. Actually, uh, fun fact, they, they came in at number seven on the initial list. So uh, just to help you out with what how this is composed, right, because I know it's there's so many moving parts with college football now. It's admittedly impossible for me to try to keep up with this. So thank God for Bill Connolly. Um, like it, it's, it used to just be simple. You would just go, you know, to Publix uh, like mid-May or July and pick up a Phil Steele magazine, call it a day. Um, now with the portal, early signing day, reclassifying different grades, all that kind of shit. Um, it's very difficult to keep up with, but he has this thing down to a T. He has a weighted formula for offensive defense. Offense is um, half of the uh, equation is, total offensive line snaps that are returning. Um, then roughly the other half is total passing yards returning and total receiver and tight end yards as well. On defense, 70% of the number is made up of total tackles returning, and then it's divvied up between sacks, tackles for loss, and passes defended returning as well. So I hope that helps. Um, let's get into it. So here are the initial ranks that came out. Some of the things that jumped out to me immediately. The, the team at the top, number one, Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech ranked uh, number one overall with 86% returning production, including 95 on offense. Uh, I'm pretty confident this is the first time we've ever referenced Virginia Tech that's not Michael Vick-related. 
in the last three years on this podcast. But Virginia Tech, ranked number one overall. Um, also, right below them, Iowa State at two. They're the only team in the country with a top five ranking on offense and defensive returning production. Now, what else stood out to me the most? How about this? How about three of the four teams from the college football playoff this year ranked 115th or worse in the initial uh, returning production rankings? Bama, Michigan, and Washington. Your, your two teams that played for a national championship just three weeks ago Michigan and Washington ranks 128th and 130th, respectively. Um, that That's just crazy to me. I, and I think we've seen this before. Alabama was actually ranked 125th last year um, with uh, with a 120th ranked offense and 127th ranked defense for returning production. So it's not completely foreign. I think Georgia was down there as well. Elite teams like this, like Michigan, like Bama, like Georgia – um, you're going to lose not only kids at the portal, but you're going to lose a lot uh, to the draft every single year. Um, people leaving early for the draft, all that kind of stuff. So it's not to be not expected, I guess. It's still pretty wild to have to replace that year over year. So that's one of the first things that jumped out to me. Uh, the other thing, here's where every single team in the SEC ranks. You have Texas A&M and Texas at the top. Uh, there's only two teams in the SEC ranking in the top 25 nationally, which is pretty par for the course. Um, usually about half the teams are going to rank somewhere in that very middle or dead center of, uh, of FBS rankings. So like that 45 to 75 spots um, littered with, with a lot of power five schools, especially in the SEC. Uh, the other ones that jumped out to me, uh, Arkansas outside of the top 100 for the second year in a row. That is not good for Sam Pittman, especially after he lost KJ Jefferson. Tennessee at 94 is a little bit surprising. Ole Miss at 68. Ole Miss is a team we have spent a lot of time talking about how they not only brought in a lot of talent from the portal, but like talent that's played. I mean, look, Walter Nolan, um, you know, did, did it last year with Trey Harris at receiver. Uh, that is a, That was kind of surprising to me because they brought in a lot of veteran talent um, in the portal, uh, but they're still ranked 68th uh, in, in overall returning production. Um, let's get into the teams that Bill Connolly has said are most likely to improve. Now, listen, here's one thing he also mentions about this. It's not a prediction for how good a team is going to be, right? He's not saying that these are where the teams are going to finish ranked in the season. What he is saying is like we like year over year, the numbers do point to a pretty consistent, um, you know, parallel with teams that return a lot of production from the year before. Um, at least perform better on the field. So if you're a team that bring, brings back 80% or more, that averages out to be roughly 6.4 points per game more than other than uh, than every other school. If you are a team that brings in 70% return production, that, that equates to about four points per game more. Um, on the other side of it, if you are a team that you know kind of got gutted and are under 50%, um, that translates into uh, almost 5.7 points per game less than before. So um, the numbers do matter. They do matter for sure. So here are the teams that he said were going to improve last year. And I want you to pay close attention to this because, you know, like I said, he's not, he's not making predictions, but this is what he had a year ago. And it seems like it worked out pretty well. Five teams he said would improve a year ago in 2023, Florida state, Mizzou, Washington, Texas, Michigan, man, you got three of the four, you got three of the four in the playoff. You got the uh, Florida state who probably should have been in the playoff. And then you got a Mizzou team that won 11 games again. Um, really, really good work there. So if you are watching this this year, you hope that your team is obviously on that. Here are the teams that he has predicted 
for this season uh, that are going to be improved. Four of them in the same conference because Utah is now in the Big 12. But Texas A&M, TCU, Wisconsin, Iowa State, Utah, and West Virginia. So I don't know if it'll be a repeat from last year. A&M was also on the list a year ago. I just left them off the graphic. But that is uh, those are the teams that he thinks will be massively improved. On the other side, the three teams, he only picked three that he thought would regress. Tennessee, Florida State, and Kansas State. I, you know, I, I think all are replacing quarterbacks, which obviously is, is difficult to do in this day and age. The thing that that jumps at me the most, though, is Tennessee I'm very high on. Tennessee is, I think, going to be very good. Um, and they have so much talent at the skill position. A lot of it's young talent. Um, bringing in like some some heavy, uh, some really good recruits and a five-star receiver from Parkview, Mike Matthews. But, you know, I don't know if it's because so much of this is weighted on the quarterback, um, it's 25% of the overall ops of uh, production. But Joe Milton, losing Joe Milton is is the most, like, addition by subtraction move in the country, uh, for sure. So I, I, I'm going to have to disagree there. I think that Tennessee is going to be really good this year, but uh, who knows. Um, the other thing, too, that I, I don't have a graphic for, but I'll say uh, some of the things that seem to be outliers of this – like I mentioned earlier, like Michigan, Georgia, Bama, those teams that are usually lower in these rankings because they lose so much. Alabama a year ago was ranked 125th. They were ranked 120th on offense, 127th in defense. They still ended up getting the cultural playoff. They're ranked 115th this year. Um, I don't think for teams like that that are – they're almost like immune um, to to these uh, – to these like these numbers, I guess. We'll see if that happens this year for Bama because they did get gutted in the portal. But Georgia being at 47 should scare everybody because they went into last year with the 109th ranked offensive uh offensive returning production and had a top five offense in the country. So they return a lot this year. We'll see how that goes. Um, that is the topic for today. It's not even close to five minutes. I'm, yeah, not even close. Anyway, um, we will close out the show with, like I said, the daily mailbag question. From our listeners, this is sent by our good friend at uh, Josh Pate. Josh Pate, the king of white tees and also college world media. Uh, he is our first question of this new um, this new spinoff series we're doing. So he asked, is it possible for SEC fans to be raised in the South and somehow not be biased or accused of being homers for their team? I think he's just making fun of me. Or he's just, he's. this is like him you know, talking through me to somebody in his audience that was mad at one of his takes. Um, here's the thing. I, I think that SEC fans are inherently very biased. Um, you know, it's always, like, it's always our year. And, and anytime I've done rankings in the past, it's a, I feel like I should just put the team you want at number one and then every other team that you'd never want to see off the list. Um yeah, I, I think you could obviously be objective and biased. I feel like I'm I'm pretty objective uh, and most of the time not biased. But that's what we do. We're all fans. We're all fans of somebody. So that is my long-winded answer to Josh Pate. Hopefully he saw it. Um, that is the first episode of, of Fourth and Wrong. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back again tomorrow for another edition of it. And I'll talk to you then.